Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase podcast. It's Isaac Sines with you alongside my co-host, NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox, on this Tuesday, December 20th, as we're getting ready for the Christmas season. And moving into week 16, J.J., a lot to get into. Playoff picture starting to take shape. But before we get into that, how are you doing today, brother? Isaac, I'm doing good, man. It's a little wet and rainy over my way in Atlanta. But overall, all is well, man. I'm excited for this week. Last week was uh, was kind of redemption back from the week beforehand, but I'm excited for this week, man, and, and to pick some good matchups coming up here shortly. Hi, everything your way. Everything's going well. As I just told you, off the air, 14-2, and two, JJ, in man. week 15. Personal best. I'm pretty fired up about that. I got a lot of the score lines pretty close as well. So I'm feeling pretty good. It's been now four consecutive weeks where I've been in the green, where I've been above 500. So I'm looking to finish the season strong. But we're going to get into the playoffs, man, because you know, JJ, this time of the year, December, January, this is where the big push happens when teams, you want to be playing your best brand of football. And so it was a crazy week 15. So let me just tell you that. I mean, it's not recency bias to suggest week 15 was the craziest weekend of NFL football through Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. JJ, 12 of 15 games were decided by one score. 15 games were decided by 11 points or fewer. According to NFL research, both of those marks are tied for the most in a single week in NFL history. The Packers' 12-point win over the Rams on Monday Night Football. JJ, that was the largest point differential of the entire weekend so that yeah. just goes to show you, man, that teams are laying it all out there. Absolutely, man. I, I hope the fans and and the close football people are really watching what's going on, man. There's a lot of people, a lot of great teams out there now that's really uh, playing lights out, playing some great defense and creeping into it, man. Speaking of it, you know, Detroit Lions, it was a team that early on couldn't have found a way to finish. I told you, I spoke on it a couple of times, they found a way to finish, man, but they're just a scenario of never quitting to keep fighting because, like I said, you just never know who might sneak in and make it to the playoff where anything can happen. The Vikings, Jaguars, Bengals, they all overcame deficits of at least 17 points to win in Week 15, J.J., the first time in NFL history that three teams overcame a 17-plus point deficit to win in the same week. Then, of course, Minnesota, 33-point comeback, largest in NFL history. J.J., I could not believe... What I was seeing on Saturday, the Vikings now own the largest come-from-behind win in NFL history playoffs and in the regular season, and they did it against Frank Reich's former team that he coached, and Frank Reich was the quarterback who previously held the record for the largest come-from-behind victory in the NFL because the previous biggest comeback was Buffalo's 32-point comeback in the playoffs, and that was against the Houston Oilers in 1993. And that's when Frank Reich was the quarterback. Andre Reid had him on the podcast, Hall of Fame wide receiver. The previous largest regular season comeback in NFL history was 28 points by the Niners against the Saints in 1980. So we're really going in the archives here, J.J., but what Minnesota did was just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest comebacks that i ever seen. Like I said, made history. Um, never seen anything like it. Uh, that's a team that um, that believe in, and it took it one um, one situation and, and one series at a time, and they chipped away at that league, and my hat's off to that. 
uh, that was incredible, and uh, it was a hell of a game as well, too. All right, so let's go ahead and take a bio blast of the current NFL playoff picture as we move into Week 16. So five playoff berths are up for grabs in the AFC. So right now we know in Week 15, Buffalo clinched a playoff berth. We know mm-hmm. Kansas City clinched the AFC West for the seventh consecutive year. Talk about dominance. Then in the NFC, Minnesota-San Francisco, they clinched their respective divisions. Dallas, thanks to the Giants' win over the Commanders, still clinched a playoff berth despite that collapse in Jacksonville earlier in the afternoon. It's the first time the Cowboys get into the postseason in consecutive years, J.J., since 2007. So let that simmer a little bit. But going back to the AFC, so right now, Buffalo's one seed, KC two, Bengals three, Tennessee four, Baltimore five, Chargers 6, Miami 7, now on the bubble. New England, Jets, Jaguars, Raiders, Browns. Now for the NFC, three spots remain in the NFC because Philadelphia, Minnesota, San Francisco, Dallas have all clinched a playoff berth. Tampa is still at the four seed, and then the wild card spots still belong to the two NFC East teams, the Giants and the Washington Commanders on the bubble in the NFC. Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay, Staying alive by winning last night. And then Carolina and New Orleans, despite having five wins, J.J., they're a game back of the Buccaneers for first in the NFC South. So they're still very much alive. But that just goes to show you that it gets very tricky from this point forward all the way to the end of the season. When you have teams like that, they're right on the fringe. Right, right. So um, um, it's just good to show you, man, that even getting to Sunday, you have to come out and play. Um, and these teams are putting it up. We have enough fam out there now. We're going to see some very, very, very good football coming up. We know it's crunch time. They know it's crunch time. It's critical time. The team that stays the healthiest, run the football, take care of the football, and don't turn it over. Or the team that get the turnovers is going to be the team that we're going to see deep into the playoffs. JJ, now let's get some player perspective here for our listeners. You've been in the league many years. You've been a part of a lot of playoff runs, especially in Mm -hmm. Dallas. And now in January, when you put your body on the line all the way back in July, when training camp opens and your body is starting to feel the aches, the pains, as they say, at this point in the year, nobody is healthy. I mean, every player is playing with Mm -hmm. some type of injury. You're banged up. How are you able to put aside your health and how you're not a hundred percent. What are you feeling like as a player at this point in the season? Yeah, it's a pretty long season. And um, right now we understand that playoff positions is crucial and is in time. So at this time, man, you have to enjoy the pain, enjoy the suffering as they used to say in the locker room and um, find a way, man, to fight over and keep going on, drive on, man. You look at your guys next to you, they hurt, they're bang up. And we all doing this for a common purpose, which is to hold up the Lombardi trophy. It's just, it's just a way to kind of dig deep. You have to find a way, you have to stick in your routine, you have to take care of your body, listen to your body. You have to stay over, stay extra and recover. Um, that's something that we did. We used to hot, we used to take pride in Thursdays and Fridays. We used to stay extra into the hot tub and cold tub and watch film sessions in there and do different things to keep making it fun, but also to make sure that we're maintaining and uh, tighten up every screw because we know moving forward that every game, every inch, every yard is going to be crucial um, to us to, to, to get what we need to get at the, at the end of the year. So it seems like, especially in this stretch of the season, it's like 90% recovery during the week then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Round about week 16 and 17, the shoulder pads usually come off. Wednesday is usually our full padded practices. But later in the season, especially if you have playoff in, in the pitchers, you take the pads off and you start focusing more so on gap assignments. Um, um, like I say, a lot of, lot of technique, a lot of small fundamentals that may 
um, that make make the difference in winning and losing the game. That's what we kind of shift our focus towards this time of the year, uh, just so we can preserve the body, but also still get enough uh, blood flowing and, and workouts in and also to go out there and understand our assignment to play fast on Sunday. Helpful insight right there from JJ. And again, you know, folks, those of you who are tuning in, I mean, these players at this point, it's a grind for them to get ready into the postseason. You're having to manage coaches or making sure that their players are staying as fresh as possible. And so we're going to go ahead and now pivot, JJ, to our player of the week. And I know there's a lot of players that stood out, offense, defense, a lot of close games. Just mention it at the top of the podcast. But for me, I'm going to give it to Vikings running back Dalvin Cook, JJ. You know, this is a running back that sometimes doesn't really get talked a lot about in Minnesota because Justin Jefferson, we know, owns all of the media buzz. He is chasing records, trying to go for the most receiving yards in the NFL. With respect to him, he is an incredible player. But Dalvin Cook... He reminded everybody in that 33-point deficit that they were in coming all the way back, displaying his ability to be a factor both in the run, in the pass, 17 carries, 95 yards, four catches, 95 yards, and one touchdown. Of course, 64-yard game-tying touchdown with 215 left in the fourth quarter showing that explosiveness. This is a running back that has dealt with some injuries, but he's healthy now. And he put that on full display, J.J., and Dalvin Cook was a big piece of that Minnesota win. Absolutely. Uh, We're talking about one of the premier backs in the league. Um, Not only can he run between the tackles, outside the tackle, he's a mismatch when it comes in the passing game as well. And um, Cousins does a good job of finding him, and they find a way to get him going. He's always been a top back, even when I was uh, playing back in the days. He was a guy that we knew that could take the top off, hit a home run in the seconds. And I'm just glad to see him healthy. He's battled with some injuries, but he still find a way to still claim top five, top six spots and, um, and, and in the NFL. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a collective group this week. I, I was very proud and, and very um, surprised at how this team really played. I'm going to go to New York Giants defense, man. They did a good job against a hot commander team um, on the road as well. And they, they took care of business. Tony Jefferson did some things that I like as far as a veteran presence, veteran safety. He came in to deliver some blows that looked like the old J.J. Wilcox. And um, I think that sparked that defense up, man. They did a really good job of getting after uh, Tyler Heineken and those guys. We know the weapons that Washington Commanders had, but they did a good job of minimizing the big uh, the big plays and uh, taking the ball away and playing fast and, uh, and, and making hits and making those guys feel it when they came across the middle. So my hats off to Tony Jefferson, Jalen Smith, and the Giants defense, the way they took care of business um, the other night. Here we go, JJ. Week 16. We're going to get it rolling on Thursday night. Jaguars, Jets. This is a pivotal game for playoffs. The Jets on the outside looking in right now, currently holding an opportunity to get into the playoffs for the first time in a very long time, JJ. But now they're playing the red hot Jaguars. Six and eight. They've won three of their last four games. Those wins have come against Baltimore, Tennessee, and Dallas, who are all playoff teams right now. One game back of Tennessee for the division lead. Meanwhile, the Jets are on a skid. They've lost four of their last five games. Zach Wilson is expected to start again because Mike White is still dealing with those rib injuries. J.J., when you look at this matchup, considering how both of these teams are playing, Jaguars on the rise, Jets a little bit on the down end, who are you going to roll with here? 
Oh, man. This, this is a tough one because, like I said, I was against Jacksonville for so long, man, but they've been taking care of business over the last two to three weeks. Uh, the Jets, for some reason, have kind of simmered off a little bit due to the quarterback carousel that they've been having. But I still like what the Jets do on the defensive side. But I'm going to go with the hot red Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Thank Cam. Uh, uh, Lawrence is doing a good job of stepping in and doing some different things. Eating, running the football and their defense, man. With Foyer in the middle and stopping the middle, stopping the run. And like I told you, the teams that can stop the run and run the ball in this late part of the season is going to be team that to win. I think Jacksonville right now, I think they win what they got over Dallas. want to feed over. And I like Jacksonville over the Jets. I'm also going with the Jaguars here. It was a tough call for me, but because of the way Doug Peterson has unlocked Trevor Lawrence, playing with confidence, just dicing up secondaries, and then you're having a good balance. Travis Etienne is continuing his nice run defensively. They're locking things down. Josh Allen has been a menace. They should be getting Trevon Walker, the number one overall pick back as well. So I like Jacksonville 2017 over the New York Jets. Zach Wilson, this is a game, J.J., where he's going to have to live up to that high draft status. Of course, there's been turmoil. He was benched because of his attitude. Now he has a golden opportunity to win it back. And his performance on Sunday was a little bit up and down. Didn't do enough to win the game. But this on primetime, J.J., Zach Wilson has to answer the bell. I just don't have the confidence in him to do so against a Red Hot Jags team. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Now, we do have a slew of games on Saturday, JJ, Christmas Uh Eve. And so the first one here, the Bills, 11-3 at the Chicago Bears, 3-11. I'll keep this one relatively short. Although the Bears have hung tough in there, almost pulled that upset against the Eagles on Sunday, the Bills right now, they understand the importance of winning out to secure that first round bye. They know the Chiefs are right there at the number two seed. All right. They're playing with urgency, JJ. Josh Allen looks like he is playing the best football he has all season after that performance in the snow on Saturday night. Give me Buffalo <clears throat> here, 27-17 over the Chicago Bears. Yeah, for all the reasons you say, man, the offense, the Buffalo Bills right now is playing some great football. They can score anytime, any moment. Uh, the running game is doing well as well. The well is stepping up, putting their ears back. Um, you know, no, I think they're getting extra feedback from the Bills Mafia as well, man. They're doing a good job of feeding off that when they're playing home. And uh, Chicago's Bears, they, uh, they played a great game last weekend as well. But like you say, I think the Buffalo Bills right now are since – uh, sense of urgency, trying to take care of this new more C spot and, and, and try to get home field advantage for them. So give me y'all uh, Buffalo Bills here to beat the Chicago Bears. Saints 5-9, Browns 6-8, New Orleans one game back of Tampa for the division lead. As crazy as that sounds, Cleveland, they're on the playoff bubble 6-8. They need a win out and need some help as well to get into the playoffs. JJ, I like the Browns here. 24-16 to beat the Saints. I know Andy Dalton's coming off a nice, efficient performance on Sunday, beating the Falcons. But the Browns, they're starting to find their rhythm a little bit. Deshaun Watson shaking off the rust. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt continue to dominate on the ground. And then they're getting healthier on defense. Miles Garrett, you see Denzel Ward finally is ready to rock and roll. The Browns at home. I like them to get the win here by eight. Yeah, I like the Browns as well. Like you said, Deshaun Watson, he, he bring a different spark. He gives that offense another dimension with his legs and also with his, his arm screens and different things that he brings. And I think they'll run a game. And like I told you, Cleveland Browns is a different team when they play at home um, at First Energy Stadium. So give me the Cleveland Browns to run away with, with this with their two-headed monsters back there against the New Orleans Saints. 
Texans 112 and 1 at the Titans 7 and 7. JJ the Titans they continue to sputter and now they find themselves backed into a corner. The Jacksonville Jaguars knock it on the door one game back and the Jaguars JJ because they close out the season hosting Tennessee, they have a chance to win the division title in what seemed like was very unlikely because the Titans have gone on a losing streak. They're now in a very vulnerable position. They're back at home. They're playing a Texans team who, let's go ahead and say this, they nearly beat the Chiefs, JJ, taking them to yeah. overtime. That was a week after nearly upsetting the Dallas Cowboys on the road. They're a dangerous team because they are playing with freedom. They have nothing to lose. Lovey Smith wants to see his team playing freely, loosely, tough physical football. That's what they're doing. So while Tennessee is at home with a nice chance to get into the win column. Do not take the Texans lightly. I'm still going to go Tennessee here, 26-23. Ryan Tannehill is in doubt for Saturday because of that foot injury. So if he's unable to go, Malik Willis will be the quarterback, the rookie. This will be a game that Derrick Henry is going to have to carry. Yeah, absolutely. King here is about to tell to here. We know that coming to a, uh, a close AFC battle pitcher, you know, the Texans have nothing to lose, but Tennessee can get knocked down in different positions where you have to play one of the top teams right now. And like I told you, they're going to have to find a way to stretch the ball down the field, put pressure on defenses. Um, and we understand that they're going to stack the box against King Henry, but if you find a way to play action off of uh, King Henry, make them make them respect the deep ball as well, I think. Um, I think the Tennessee Titans do well here. So give me Tennessee here, like I said, in a close one, 17 to 14, but it's still going to go Tennessee Titans way. Seahawks at Chiefs. Seattle, they're also in a pivotal stance right now. They are coming off two losses. They need a win, and it is going to be a very difficult task to go to Arrowhead, especially in December against a Chiefs team that continues to roll 11 and 3. JJ, even though Seattle, I like a lot of the players, they have young, good. Good rookie class this year. Woolen and Geno Smith is trying to play up to standards in this stretch of the season. Kenneth Walker, that helped getting him back. But Kansas City, when they're at home, I don't think there's a very good chance the Seahawks can get this win. I expect it to be close, but I'm still going to go with the Chiefs here, 30-23. to 23. You know Andy Reid and company, they're going to want to continue to win to put pressure on Buffalo for that top seed. Absolutely. Uh, they understand what, what's, what's the stake here. I think they're, they're trying to get it done as well. We know how Andy Reid like to win in style, but you're going to draw some plays to kind of confuse the Seahawks, young deep, uh, Seahawks, young secondary. And like I said, they're passing the tag and also Jared McKinnon thriving in a big way for the Kansas City Chiefs, giving them a lot of mixed messages that's coming out the backfield and also throwing blocks and doing some good things, good things in the screen, screen game as well. So give me uh, – can't see the Chiefs here. I think they're passing the tackles a little too much for the young Seattle Seahawks uh, secondary. Giants 8-5-1 at the Vikings 11-3. The Vikings now all of a sudden news of the Jalen Hurts injury where he may be out a week, two, three weeks. Now they find themselves with an opportunity to close in on that first round bye and they're hosting the Giants team that is currently with a wild card spot, the sixth seed. All the emotions with the NFL's largest comeback. I like Minnesota here, JJ. The Giants, although their defense was very physical, they made some plays in Washington. This is a different animal in Minnesota, especially when you look at their offense and how they're able to move the ball down the field with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. And defensively, a lot of people questioning that defense. A lot of talents, Darius Smith, Danielle Hunter. 
Chandon Sullivan. I think they want to continue to prove the doubters wrong that this defense is capable of being a Super Bowl caliber defense. And so they're going to come out there with a chip on their shoulder. I like Minnesota to win here by 10, 31, 21. Yeah, Minnesota have a lot of different weapons on the offense side of the ball that can put a lot of pressure on defenses. I like what the Giants do, though, defensively as far as bringing the pressure um, over 45% of their snaps. Um, the secondary they do, they do a lot of good things, putting in dime packages for safeties to kind of play linebackers as well. So for that reason, man, I'm going to go upset here. I like the New York Giants. I like what they're doing offensively. Saquon MVP is doing a great job of toting the ball. Daniel Jones, he understands what's at state. He's, uh, he's an upcoming free agent. And who knows, man, he's been spending it. He got some key receivers that are stepping up. And I want to see him do it again. If they take care of business against the Vikings, watch out for the Giants and the playoffs pitcher to make a stand and make a run late. So give me the Giants, upset of the week versus the Vikings. Wow, J.J. pulling off the upset pick of the week. Daniel Jones, certainly to his credit, has looked really good under the circumstances. We'll see how that one goes. Now, Bengals at Patriots, Cincinnati on a five-game winning streak. Joe Burrow is reminding everybody why he got his team to the Super Bowl. Going on the road to take on a Patriots team, JJ, that I don't know if you saw that ending in Vegas, but man, oh man, to lose a game like that with playoff aspirations on the line, now you're having to host a red-hot Bengals team. I don't like their chances, JJ. I expect them to, of course, put forth a valiant defensive effort. But again, the offense, it's just broken. With Matt Patricia calling the plays, Mac Jones is regressing significantly. And the Bengals showcased once again, especially in that second half, racing a 17-point deficit with ease in Tampa Bay. The Bengals, 26-17 over the Patriots. Yeah, um, like I spoke back, uh, I know I keep saying that, back to uh, Tom again with the Patriots, man. They just got to find a way to finish the game, man, even in the red zone. They got to find a way to get the balls in, get the ball in and, and score touchdowns. Touchdowns this uh, late in the season is what's going to separate the good team from the bad. I like what the Bengals doing. They do a good job. They had a hard fight battle down to Tampa Bay. They took care of business. Their defense stepped up. Their offense uh, with Joe Mixon in the mix is back. He's a guy that's, that can take, take a tote the ball 20 to 30 times and run the ball. Uh, give me uh, the Cincinnati Bengals here against the Patriots. Lions talking about a team that is scorching, seething hot. Dan Campbell has his team back at 507-7, firmly in the playoff hunt, taking the road to Carolina to take on a Panthers team led by interim head coach Steve Wilkes, 5-9. They're a game back of the division, and they control their own destiny. If they win out, J.J., they would be the NFC South champions because they do host the Buccaneers to close out the season. When I look at this matchup, I know Carolina's defense has been very stingy, getting after opposing quarterbacks. But offensively, J.J., it hasn't been enough production, especially when you talk about consistency. And for those reasons, I like the Lions to keep on churning out these wins. Give me Detroit, 27-19, relatively low-scoring game. Jared Goff gets it done, especially on the ground. Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. I like Detroit to continue this playoff push. Yeah, I like what Detroit's doing. There's a team that's uh, spoke early on in the season, but they're doing some great things, man. Like I said, if they can find a way to close the football games like they're doing, find a way to put up points uh, and, and just stopping defensively. They're doing a good job of stopping holding uh, offenses from make, making explosive plays, getting down the field. And that's all of a um, 
that all contributes to a team that that's scorching hot like the Lions, man. So I like the Lions over the Panthers. The Panthers have been doing a great job, but I think the offensive weapons that the Lions do and also with the playoff contenders and soar for both, I just think the Lions have a little bit more firepower. So give me Detroit Lions here versus Panthers. Falcons at Ravens. JJ, I know you've been really loyal mm. to your Dirty Birds all season. That's cost you a couple of times. Now it is another battle of the birds <laughs> as they take on the Baltimore Ravens. JJ, Lamar Jackson, there's a good chance that he may be cleared to return on Saturday, which would be a sigh of relief for a lot of Ravens fans that have seen this offense just regress entirely with Tyler Huntley. They need him back, and of course, they're lacking some explosive weapons at receiver, and Lamar Jackson does cover a lot of those blemishes. So I like the Ravens here, JJ, to beat your Dirty Birds 28-20, the Baltimore Ravens understand the circumstances. They know that if they even want a chance to catch the Bengals for the division, they need to win out here. John Harbaugh understands that the fans are starting to get restless. They have to get back to what they do well, and it'll help if Lamar Jackson is indeed cleared. So 28-20, I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, my um, Falcons, man. Um, they still My home team is still a team that I love. Uh, but yeah, Lamar Jackson is back, man. I think they smelled what they got going on in the AFC North run, as well as the playoffs as well. I think the Falcons right now, even though I, I'm I'm still satisfied with how Ritter played in this first game, um, but I still like the Baltimore Ravens here. I think their defense is just a little too strong for the Falcons, and um and Lamar Jackson coming back is going to definitely add a spark to that offense. So give me. The Baltimore Ravens against my Dirty Bird, Dirty Atlanta Falcons, man. So give me Baltimore. Commanders 7-6-1 at the 49ers, 10-4. Niners already locked up that NFC West. Commanders now, they need a win if they want to cling on to one of those wildcard spots in the NFC. I like the Niners here, although I expect Washington to keep it close because this is a very physical Washington defense, especially if they can get Chase Young back on the field. But San Francisco watching that defense best in the NFL, suffocating oppositions. I still like them to get it done. Brock Purdy has been efficient. He has been calm, cool, and collected. They'll be at home. I like the Niners here, 23-17. Yeah, I'm going with the Bay Area as well. Um, Brock has done a good job of keeping his teams. He's playing in his ring. When I say that, he's he's not trying to do the most. He's not trying to be the winner or, or be the guy that takes over um, and necessarily try to take over the game. He's playing within his means. He's playing um, conservative. He's playing smart. Uh, like I say, not turning the ball over. Their offense does a good job of always running it outside the tackles. Defense, defense, defense. This late part of the season is teams that's going to win. And I like everything that 49ers present in those columns. So give me the 49ers. Now a big one on Christmas Eve afternoon game. Eagles 13-1, Cowboys 10-4. I did mention this earlier in the podcast, JJ. News broke yesterday that Jalen Hurts is in doubt to play due to a sprained right shoulder. He suffered late in that game on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. At this point, it would be a surprise if he does play. So it's looking like it'll be Gardner Minshew to start for the Eagles when they take on the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Despite the ugly loss, the Cowboys just put themselves through blowing another lead, dropping a 17-point advantage against Jacksonville. With Minshew in there, there's no excuse for this Cowboy team to not win this game. 
Right now, they have to be ready for a physical Eagles offense that can pound the rock. And even with Minshew in there, J.J., I expect the Eagles to continue to run the ball 30 to 35 times, especially when they know Dallas has struggled containing the run. There's some Mm -hmm. issues in the secondary that, once again, were on display. Trevor Lawrence picked them apart, and Minshew is very capable of playing at a high level. I'm not going to say this is a... An easy, surefire win because Hertz is not going to play. I'm still going to go with Dallas here. 27-24 in a very close game. I like Dallas's ability on offense. They'll be at home, feeding off the home crowd. They need to continue to feed Elliott and Pollard. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Uh, man, I hate to, go against, hate to go against my Dallas Cowboys. Isaac, I know you're going to hate Don't me. do it, man. <laughs> I know it, man. So, Jerry, please don't take it against, hold it against me, man. Uh, but I, I think the Eagles right now are playing some good ball. I think Minshew understand what's at stake for him as well. He don't want to come in and, and blame be on him for him losing this game. I think they're going to find a strategy that fits him best, uh, utilize his leg, and they're going to depend on their defense. Uh, I need Dak Prescott to come in and complete some things. They got a good secondary. They got a good D-line. Um, if the Eagles can go in there, run the football, stop the run, and, and match up good against C.D. Lamb and everybody else on the outside, I think the Philadelphia Eagles will be able to hold off are struggling Dallas Cowboys right now. So give me Philly, but with a close one. And it took all of my all of my heart and all of my pride to say this, but I think Philly's is on a roll right now, and they're going to do a good job of keep rolling until Jalen Hurts get back. So give me Philly here against my Cowboys. JJ, you can now see yourself off the podcast. Oh. No, nah, man, hey, you know what? I'm with you. As much as it hurts me, man, I almost felt like going with the Eagles here, but it's my pride getting in the way here. So I'm going with Dallas. And again, with how Dallas has shown some of those weaknesses, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles go in there and still win with Minshew at quarterback, but hoping for the best. We'll see how that turns out. Now for the nightcap on Christmas Eve, we have the 6-8 Raiders taking on the 6-8 Pittsburgh Steelers. Now this game I think can go in a variety of ways. I personally am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Kenny Pickett cleared concussion protocol, so he should be back to play for the Steelers offense. They're starting to find some rhythm. Najee Harris is looking a little bit more crisp as a runner. Jalen Warren, the Rookie is also providing that offense with the spark. And then you look at what they've been able to accomplish on the outside. Deontay Johnson coming to his own. Pickens as well. And then defensively, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. You know, those are the anchors for Pittsburgh. I know the Raiders had a pretty crazy win over the Patriots in that fashion where Chandler Jones runs it in after Jacoby Myers makes that backwards lateral. But Pittsburgh, you have to be careful. Mike Tomlin will have his team ready to go. I expect him to get after Derek Carr in the pocket. They'll control the time possession with the run game. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in a low-scoring game, 20-17. to couple more matchups here, J.J., Now we're into Sunday's game, so Merry Christmas. It'll be December 25th. Packers at the Dolphins. Green Bay, they got a win, 6-8. Miami, they have now lost three consecutive games, JJ. I like Miami here, though. They'll be back at home. I know it's going to be like in the 50s, I believe, in Miami, but that's nothing like going to the frozen tundra. If they had to play in Green Bay, maybe that would have altered my pick. But Green Bay, you have to be careful with them because... They know if they went out and they get some help, they could still get into the playoffs. So the Dolphins have to be very cautious with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. But they showed enough on Saturday in Buffalo in those conditions to warrant me taking them in this game. 
Tua looked a little bit better. And the most important thing to me, JJ, is that they were able to get the run game established with Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson should be back as well. 31-20, I like Miami here. Yeah, I like Miami too. I know they're uh, kind of been bit by some different things over the last three uh, last three or four weeks, but they've been facing some good uh, playoff teams here in the last three or four games, and they still did a good job of managing keeping it close. Uh, I like Green Bay, what they did the other night, but I just think the Miami offense is too much for the secondary up in Green Bay. So give me the Miami Dolphins back at home in South Beach to take care of business. 3.30 p.m. start on Christmas. Broncos, who are coming off a win, taking on the Rams, who are 4-10. So two 4-10 teams here. Both have already been eliminated from playoff contention. Russell Wilson should be back, so I'm going to say let's ride. Broncos country, I think they knock off Baker Mayfield and the Rams. 23-20, J.J., the Broncos, and it's mainly because of that defense. Denver's defense, that is at least one positive that the Broncos fans can go into the offseason knowing that their defense is loaded with young talent. That's the difference there. I like the Broncos to get it done by three. Give me the Rams, baby. I'm going Baker Mayfield back at home, back in front of the lights, back in front of Hollywood. I like what he's done over the last, say what, 34, 48 hours he's been there in the Rams, and he's done some great things, even though he took a loss to Green Bay, up in Green Bay. But when I feel like when he's back home inside, inside the dome again, where he spoke magic last week, give me, give me Baker Mayfield and the Rams to beat the Denver Broncos. Buccaneers at Cardinals, Tampa, still currently leading the NFC South. Let's just say the Panthers and the Saints are just right behind them by a game. So they really need a win, especially after a very disappointing collapse on Sunday, taking the road to face on a banged up Cardinals team that obviously lost Kyler Murray. So Cole McCoy was in concussion protocol. So maybe it's Trace McSorley starting for Arizona. Who knows? This will be a Sunday night game. I like Tampa, even though they've been playing really bad football, they'll have to find a way to get out with the win, JJ, especially if they just want to get into the playoffs. I mean, this team has been on a roller coaster ride. I'll take Brady, considering the circumstances. 26-16 in a very ugly, low-scoring game, a lot of field goals, but Tampa stays alive and holds on to that lead in the NFC South for at least another week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Tampa, uh, for some reason, it's hard to go against Tom Brady, man, especially in this crucial time of the season. Um, even though they took a loss uh, to a great Cincinnati Bengals team, I think their, their offense and their defense uh, is going to smell blood in the water and they're going to come for that NFC South. Uh, so give me Tampa Bay over the Cardinals. Now to close out week 16, JJ, Los Angeles Chargers take on the road to face the Indianapolis Colts who just blew that massive lead. The Chargers 8-6 right now. They're in the wild card playoff picture. I like the Chargers to get it done here 30-17, to although the Colts have played teams very closely in the first half. But Justin Herbert, JJ, continues to shine, making plays in and outside of the pocket. Mike yeah. Williams, Keenan Allen are finally healthy when both of them are on the field together. It poses some issues for defenses. Eckler's getting involved as well. And defensively, they're trying to get healthier down the stretch. And so Brandon Staley's team has certainly shown some positive signs of energy. And so the Chargers get the job done. Yeah, I'm going to go with that reason as well. Justin Herbert is playing some great ball. Like I said, he's extending the play outside of the pocket. And when he does that, with what the duos that he have and Mike Williams coming back and Keaton Allen, they're one of the best duos in the NFL. So for all that reason, 
give me the Los Angeles Chargers to take care of business. Well, there you have it. There's week 16 slate of games. And, J.J., let's hope for another crazy week of football just like week 15 presented us. Now, folks, next Tuesday uh, we will not have a show, J.J., because I will be out of town with family for Christmas. I'm sure you're going to be with family as well. So maybe we'll come through with a little bit of a live Instagram or something to give you all some content for next week. But in terms of the podcast, we'll be back after Christmas. But until then, JJ, man, enjoy this time with your family. I'm looking forward to seeing my family and spending some good quality time and enjoying the the Christmas holiday. And so certainly wish that for you as well, brother. Absolutely. And enjoy your time, man. Make sure you give your family all the love blessing and um cheers for all of these holidays it's a time where we have to kind of sit back and appreciate what we have in front of us i know sometimes we always like to look too far ahead but just give our blessings love happy holidays to you and your family i'm going to do the same thing to me and mine and uh, i can't wait to uh, get back on the show again um in the next week and merry christmas to you and your family and let's go cowboys we'll see how things shape up (laughs) all right merry christmas to you and yours man you have a blessed one all right yes sir